Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You're listening to SFP Now. Welcome to another exciting episode of SFP Now here on Sci-Fi Pulse Radio. And uh, joining me as um, always is uh, Raisa. How you doing? I'm doing bad, thanks. Okay, well, it's been a while since we've done one of these. And, um, you know, I'm happy to say um, all the uh, TV shows we watch are back on the air, uh, including Flash, Supergirl, Arrow, um, Batwoman, um Black Lightning. Black Lightning. I was a teenage porn star. Um, <laughs> no, sorry. I was a teenage werewolf. <laughs> so, uh-huh. um, so it's all back. And we've even got a new show, in, in a couple of new shows. I mean, Batwoman and Nancy Drew and stuff like that. There's quite a lot to talk about and there's a lot of new shows coming on. So we're just going to sort of pack as much into this um, hour as we can. Uh, so where should we start? Should we start with the with the um, shows? The, the, the DC stuff. You know, we should just get the, get that out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think to shortcut this, we should limit ourselves pretty much to the crisis through line because the individual storylines haven't really ramped up enough to, to discuss them per se. Mm-hmm. There are okay. only two episodes in. Well, how but about? How about we start off with uh, Batwoman and then do Super Supergirl and then do sort of like Arrow and Flash? Because okay. I think the Arrow and Flash, both those both those initial episodes uh, tie in quite quite a lot more to the Crisis storyline, and the other two shows have not really touched on it too much yet. That's true. That's true. So, um, should we start with Supergirl because sort of like that to me was the most. Um, you know, the the most sort of like um, of a relief in terms of the show in, in that it got really, really political last year and yeah, it was really, really yeah. preachy and it seems to have sort of like put that behind it a little bit. A little bit, but he, my problem with Supergirl is that it's so allegory-driven. Um, they, they felt the need to shoehorn Kara into a journalism career because that's what her cousin did and because they needed to comment on journalism in the modern era mm-hmm. and not because she actually belonged in a journalism career. Yeah, and of course they're doing that uh, commenting on journalism in the modern era with the um, with the new um, with the new character, Miss Ms. Rujas or Ro- Rojas. Rojas. Yeah, she, and she's she's apparently going to be a superhero as well. Uh, but what that's going to translate into I don't know. Well, um I can't really see her as a superhero. She's um she's basically fitting the character role of super bitch, which she plays so well because I've seen the actress um I forget her name off the top of my head, but I've seen her in quite a few other things. In that uh-huh. she was she was in the reboot of Dangus and she played Cliff da- Cliff Barnes's daughter, I think. Oh, okay, I I, I yeah. missed that. So yeah, this is my first exposure to her. The only, she's supposed to be a superhero called a Krata. 
who is um, South American, who is magically based, whose power is uh, shadow manipulation and shadow travel. Mm-hmm. And uh, how that's going to be translating into their version of things, I don't know. The only thing that justifies her presentation as this character, if she's still also going to be a superhero, is that she's using bitch mode to just really, really hide her cover identity. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's the only justification I can think of, because it's not making sense otherwise. I think of a a possible answer to your question there is in what, what, what her role will be, maybe. And perhaps her role will be to uh, put Lena Luther back on the straight and narrow because Lena Luther is going a bit off the rails. Lena um, Luther is going a bit off the rails, and she's and we were and we were both afraid she was going to do this. This is exactly the storyline we did not want. Um, the 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 pilot started out well, but then it veered into standard, you know, fight for her soul, battle, battle, battle the darkness tropes, mm-hmm. and it's like. Mother of God, I do not want to watch this one more time. Yeah, I mean, the you know, the, the the very op- the opening episode was, you know, her new suit inside her glasses that Brainy's come up with. Genius idea, by the way. But, that was lovely. Man, oh my God. The amount of time that that, 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 that suit downloaded onto her in that establishing scene of how it works and stuff like that. I could have downed 15 kebabs and 15 beers in the time that took. And, I swear and, to once, God. Cri- and once crisis is, is in full swing, if they have to wait around for her to suit up, they'll all be dead. All of the Earths will die. Yeah. You know. and it's not going to work. Plus, I'm sorry, but as cute as Brady and Nia are, and will probably always be, considering how imminent crisis is, shouldn't Nia be having <clears throat> prophetic dreams about colliding worlds? Yeah, I, I'm, shouldn't shouldn't that be what they're discussing now? I'm beginning to think the same, but the thing is, they've got twenty episodes in which to do it, haven't they? Um, and, and well, Patrick. Crisis Crisis is starts on Supergirl around episode eight or nine, mm-hmm. so so everything after Christmas is going to be post Crisis. Yeah, so I've got a feeling that what's happening maybe is maybe Flash and Arrow. With them being the two main shows and the the, the, the the main attractions and probably the most popular two shows yeah. out, out of the four, um, it wouldn't surprise me if they're putting most of the build-up to Crisis stuff on, on that because uh, from what I've read about Arrow is they're actually going to be doing pretty much a different story with each episode. So there's not really... Yeah, this, be... this entire final season is basically their, their, their pre-Crisis victory lap. Mm-hmm. The whole thing is Crisis. So... Um... Yeah, and I think and they've already, and they've done some crisis on Supergirl to the extent that it's the Monitor who brought John's brother into yeah. it. So there is that, but I, it bugs me that Nia is not having prophetic dreams about colliding worlds because relative to crisis, that is the entire point of Nia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do, I do, I can, I do think that probably have to start happening in the next couple of episodes. I mean, it really has to. In order yeah. for it to, uh, in order for it to make sense, and yeah, Near and um, Brainy are kind of cute together, but um, as you say, it's, you know, so like um, they've done it two episodes and a bounce now. Yeah, and um, there's they've wasted a lot of time on it as well. Yeah, they have. Um, and this is, this is this is not the season for it. This is not the season for it to be doing mm-hmm. this. And we also have, um, should we, should we um, you know, fly away from Supergirl now for a bit? Because I don't think it's actually, I think we're just bitching about the show. 
Yes, must let's um, fly away. Uh, let's bitch about Batwoman instead. <laughs> yeah, Batwoman. My 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 major consideration issue with Batwoman is that the two episodes we've gotten so far are solid but not spectacular. They have not hit the ground running. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm, I, kind, I kind of agree. I mean, that basically it set her up as, as Batwoman, job done, that box is ticked. It set her up as having daddy issues, that box is ticked, and that's obviously for the CW crowd, and it's probably going to, you know... Make us want to put our heads through a wall, but okay. Uh, yeah, but, you know... <laughs> But then again, you know, her, her, the, the actor playing her father, really good Scott, you know, British actor. Do great Scott, yeah, yeah he's Duke good. Grace Scott. He's good. So if they, you know, if they're going to have some uh, drag down, knock down fights, he's he's probably a good guy to do it with. Yeah. Um, pretty impressed with Ruby Rose. In, in, in she's the she's she's excellent. Um, she was a little bit wooden in the first episode, but that's kind of to be expected. Yeah, she was she was just getting her your feet under her. Um, I, I saw this in, in commentary and other reviews, and I agree. Uh, unlike her cousin, there's less of a dividing line between her <clears throat> two personas. Mm-hmm. It, I, th- I, think th- I think that that's on purpose. I think they, in making her an out lesbian played by an out lesbian, they want to demonstrate that she doesn't need the split in personas. She mm-hmm. is all, 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 one, all of a piece. Yeah, me not. And, I've quite I've quite enjoyed that the fact that there's not much of a dividing line there. You know, I think I think it's actually it's kind of a refreshing change. It is. Um, it is very much a refreshing change. Um, but what I, I, what I also yeah. liked is um, I liked her half sister being a, a proper chatty sort of like happy go lucky person, and then all of a sudden she's actually you know she's actually sort of like. Uh, performing uh, operations underground to provide yeah. medical care to people that can't afford it. Yeah, and I yeah. Think, you know. So She's, thought, her, Mary, her half-sister, is actually one of my favourite characters on the show after only two episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the actress who plays Alice, her other sister, Beth, um, is extremely good, but unless they have some real forward momentum in that storyline, it's going to get old hat very soon. Yeah, I mean, Ty, Ty, who reviewed the first two episodes, we reviewed the first episode and just did a commentary on the second because he, he couldn't get his review in on time. So mm. but in the first episode, he, he said that he was impressed with Ruby Rose mm. as, the, um, as, as the main lead. And, she, you know, he seems to think that she found her feet pretty quickly. Um, and he seems to think that the rest of the cast needs need to uh, need to watch and catch up. Um but he didn't like uh, Rachel Scarsden as Alice. He didn't didn't think she was um, she was do, doing doing that much with the role. Um, she was actually she was doing a fair bit. It's just that the role is limited. They, they're going to really have to at the script level. They're really going to have to do some work because if, if they keep if they keep up what they've established for longer than say five six episodes, they're not going to last. Mm-hmm. That that dynamic is not that that dynamic has a shelf life, and um, it's 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 coming off as I want you know I want an award that I'm never going to get because this performance is so awesome, but the actual story is being left behind. Yeah, I mean the the, the writers are not really giving a you know a decent amount to chew on uh-huh. to actually work with. Um, I think I think you're right there because. 
I, I remember reading Ty's reaction to uh, Rachel Scarsden. He wasn't he wasn't he wasn't abusive about it like I am with Tom Wangen, who still to this day has about as much charisma as Treebark, but we you know we'll sort of like leave that on, on the shelf. Um but he you know, he wasn't necessarily that positive about her either. Um he was sort of like he was like a it was almost like he was saying that, you know, he didn't really feel any sort of like emotional connection to, 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 to her. Here's the thing, Rachel Scarsden, for those who don't know, played a role, uh, had a supporting role as Tamsin the Valkyrie on Boss Girl. Mm-hmm. I remember she that. Ha- she has range. She can do this for a living. Um, so, so if they don't give her the material they need, that's, that's script level issues. Yeah, wasn't she also in Birds of Prey as well? She was. She was the the uh, teen uh, canary variation, the daughter of the canary. I actually didn't watch that whole series. I kind of I kind of skipped out when I saw that they were bringing in Harley Quinn because I've never been a Harley Quinn fan. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, and I wasn't overly impressed with what they were trying to do. Um, yeah, but the way they bought in Harley Quinn in that series as well is they bought her in as a quite straight a straight lace suit. She wasn't really Harley Quinn. Yeah, um, yeah. she was more sort of like a, she was more like a corporate psychologist type of villain, as in yeah. sort of like playing a psychologist to um, or a psychiatrist to 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 um, oh god, I can't remember the name of the character. Huntress, Huntress for the Huntress, yeah. yeah. Um, and and the scenes that she had with Huntress were actually pretty damn good, but I, I was sort of like waiting for the Harley Quinn moment for her to reveal herself, and she never did. Yeah, I just I, I just wasn't a fan of Harley Quinn, and I wasn't a fan of the di- dynamic of the you know shrink trying to get in her head and looking at darkness, dark dark darkness, looking back at you, blah blah blah. I just I wasn't in the mood for the tropes. Mm-hmm. And um, one of my biggest problems, and this is subjective rather than objective, is I'm just not in the mood for these tropes anymore. Yeah, they've been overdone. Yeah, all of them have been overdone. All of them. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm, I'm in a a weird situation where as much as I enjoy these individual characters, I need need different kinds of storytelling with them. I really wish they would go in some different directions. Yeah, I mean, to, to me, I think the highlight of the CWDC shows is the event shows. You know, yes, in, in, yeah. in the crossovers, that's when they, that's when they do, do do it really well. Yeah. Um, but I, I think really, they, they need what they need to do is instead of doing one season long story arc, yeah, is maybe sort of like uh, do a shortened episode order. Yeah, like like do four episodes an arc, you know, and do a bunch of them, you know, yeah. and do it that way. I mean, did that with Doctor Who? That worked pretty well. Yes, yeah. You know, so. I mean, it's worked for Doctor Who. It's worked for you know fifty six years and counting, so they're fine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I just, I'm, it's a very weird paradox. But I, I literally, I, I enjoy superheroes, but I'm over the tropes. Yeah. Okay. Well, before we go on to Crisis on Infinite Earths, I think it is. Yes, and the um, the setup that they've done thus far in Flash and Arrow, which um, yeah. I thought both 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 the first ep- I thought the first episode of Arrow was awesome. Yes, um, and, he, before... and here's something interesting that they pointed out when when you get Jay Garrick's map in the Flash, which airs before Arrow, you see that he he's got an arrow pointing to Earth Two as the next Earth to get hit. Mm-hmm. So they they had foreshadowed it in the Flash. Yeah. 
Well, you know, you know, it's um, it's too bad that I watched Arrow before I watched Flash. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's it's one it's one of those blink if you miss it. You had to kind of had to have a close up, but it was there for the Easter egg hunters. <laughs> but yeah, I did, I did I did actually clock it, and then I thought. Oh damn! I should have watched um, Flash first. <laughs> yes, yeah, there's a reason why they put it first. So yeah. yeah. Well, uh, before we get onto those shows and got got get too in depth in them, um, you know, you and I both recently seen the new Wonder Woman Unbound. Uh, uh, Bloodlines. Yeah. Bloodlines. Yeah. Sorry, I, yeah. I was thinking of Frankenstein Unbound or something. I've been re- I've been been watching a lot of media and stuff. <laughs> mm. Um, but what do you think of it? I really liked it. Um, my it was a, it was a really good story. I enjoyed um, meeting all the characters and getting uh, getting to know some of the characters as far as they went. My biggest issue, and I brought this up in my review, is that we've gotten Wonder Woman's origin story again. One more time. Yeah, but we've yeah. only we've only really had it twice in recent years. Once in the two thousand and nine animation. And again in this one, and obviously the uh, the movie. Um, yeah. Which yeah. I'm, I'm kind yeah. of not really counting um, because the, the movie song like uh, was so good. It was. It was. Yeah. By the same token, both both DC and Marvel need to get off of the origin story train for some of these more iconic characters. I mean, for some of the lesser known characters who, you know, people like Iron Man or Black Panther, some of the lesser known characters at the time, putting in their origin story is perfectly fine. We need it. But for the iconic characters, you know, the big, big guns for both DC and Marvel, we don't need these stories one more time. Yeah, we just don't. don't. What 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 they could do if they if they're so insistent on giving us an origin story is instead of giving us a, an entire episode or an entire movie, yeah, just just do the origin story in flashback as part of the opening credits. That's like, what that's like, what I that's what I said. Just like, flashbacks are our friends, and just move on to something else. That's the main narrative. Because yeah. they used to do that on things like the Incredible Hulk, which I've been watching recently. The old Incredible Hulk series with Bill Bixby. Yeah, I've been rewatching yeah. that recently. I've got, I've got the first season on Amazon, um, oh. and they also did it on the uh, on the six million dollar man and the bionic woman. So mm. why not just do it that way? Because that's quite an effective way of doing it. Um, you know, and, in it's, and, and not wasting any time because you can just get on with whatever whatever else your story is. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and if you are going to do the origin story, just do it in a different way, where 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 it's all like um, access through flashbacks through through the main story's narrative. Yeah. And that said, what we got was an excellent film, and I enjoyed it very much for what it was. It's just it just it just niggled at me, mm-hmm. you know, that, that we had to sit through this one more time. And this is a systemic problem for both companies. They they need to figure themselves out over there. Both companies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I um, I actually enjoyed the film. I thought the villains were great. Um, they were. I wasn't expecting Medusa. No, and she was awesome. Yeah, I mean that that that's just my type of woman right there. <laughs> and 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 the fact that and the fact that that Wonder Woman had to respond to her the way that she did in order to defeat her um, is is rather wonderful, actually. Yeah. And also, if you think about it, you know, a guy. That gets a date with Medusa. Yeah. Never ever has to worry about Viagra ever again. Oh god. <laughs> Sorry. Oh dear, sweetie. That was naughty. <laughs> um but that 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 just that one just occurred to me. <laughs> um but he will go blind. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I um, I enjoyed it. I, I kind of enjoyed the way they introduced the villains and how they used the Wonder Woman's friend's friend, friend's daughter against yes. her. And they also enjoyed the sort of like redemption story that went into that as well. Yeah, and, and she's and that character, um, her her friend's daughter is Silver Swan, and she's an established character in the more modern uh, Wonder Woman variations in these last couple of reboots that they've done. So they they they've moved the um, canon narrative and tweaked it for their movie universe. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I I really enjoyed it, and um, I'm quite looking forward to the next Wonder Woman movie now. I think it's Wonder Woman 1984. Yes, yes. Um, which um, is a strange one, you know. So like, um, I'm I'm I'm, I'm so deliberately trying to read as little as possible about it because I don't want to be spoiled. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, so yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing that next year. Um, while we're still on the subject of DC movies, I'm actually going to see Joker over week in, this weekend with my uh, with my sister and my 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 nephew. Mm, I'll probably so, rent that one. I'm not in the mood for it. Well, you know, I wouldn't be going to see it if we weren't going with my, with, with, my, with my sister and my nephew. You know. Yeah, I just. It's a. It's just. It's a little too. It looks a little too art house and pretentious for my taste right now. It kind of like it kind of like looks like it's trying to be a cross between a Michael Mann movie and a DC movie, mm. you know, and yeah. um, and and so like the old song like um, you talking to me, you know, yeah. taxi driver sort of thing. Yeah, you know, kind, yeah. Kind of like an urban story about the rise of a villain, mm. you know, and that's. That's what it's looking like. So it probably ties in more with the Christopher Nolan Batman films than than anything else by by the looks of it. Yeah, yeah. But it'll be interesting to see it anyway, and I'll probably review it. But I'm not, I'm not hundred percent invested in it. I'm, no, I'm not sure about Joaquin Phoenix in the role for a start. No. Um, but then again, anything is better than than um, Jared Little. Jared Little. Yeah. You know, yeah. who completely screwed the pooch. Just didn't have it at all. Speaking speaking of the um, Suicide Squad, Harley Quinn movie looks fairly interesting. But I, yeah, I'm going to have to see if that turns out. The, the, the bits and pieces look, look interesting, but it's going to be a bit off to see if it, if it, if it gels. Yeah. I mean, the, the first Suicide Squad movie wasn't bad. It wasn't, but it, but it was, but it was more of a Harley Quinn Deadshot twofer than it was a Suicide Squad movie. Yeah, but the villain wasn't particularly good in Suicide Squad. It was a bit, you know. Yeah, it was a bit naff, as yeah. you say. But what saved it were the characterizations and the um, the actual infight in between the Suicide Squad and the chemistry between Harley Quinn and and Deadshot. The Deadshot, yeah. I mean. You know, whatever you think of Will Smith, he can act and do and do a really good job if he's given a proper script. So, and you know, to be honest, um, I I've never had a problem with with, with, with Will Smith. Um, I've seen him in quite a few things. I've seen him in quite a few serious films as well. And you know, you're right; he can act. Um, yeah. I, I just don't understand all the shade that he's getting from Hollywood at the moment. I just don't get it at all. Uh-huh. You know, if it was a um, you know, Tom Tom Cruise dances on a sofa and on the Oprah Winfrey show and admits to being a Scientologist and stuff like that, and that was about sort of what fifteen years ago, 
Yeah. And now all's forgiven. Um, what what did Will Smith do? He maybe maybe refused to do um, to do 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 the Independence Day sequel or something, and that, and all of a sudden everyone hates him. Yeah. yeah. I don't I yeah. don't know what it is. I don't know what the yeah. problem is. Yeah. You know. It's. Uh, I, th- I think um, it's hard. It's hard to tell whether it's um, some some form of uh, racism in the upper echelons of Hollywood, or if it's just just something else entirely. You know, but yeah. I don't get yeah. it. I, I don't, don't get, get it. it. Um, I mean, talking of which, my friend Dom, um, who does who, who does a few reviews on Sci-Fi Pulse and that, he he was talking about Gem- Gemini Man today, which, <clears> as you know, it's actually tanked in the box office. Um, Dom says it's a really good movie. So, I'll probably rent it. Yeah. So that that probably be worth renting or, or or even going to see at some point. But I've got a feeling that it's probably tanked so much now that it might 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 be getting pulled. I don't know. Uh-huh. But um, having meandered onto Wonder Woman and Will Smith and um, all sorts, let's go back onto the uh, Crisis and Infinite Earths. Uh, yes. With the I think, to be honest, Flash has done a bit more to set it up. Yes, but that's that's understandable given that Flash is what introduced the idea in the first place. I mean, the entirety of Flash, Flash as a series has been crisis prep, really. Um, yeah, you know, as as it was pointed out in in the in the latest episode of the newspaper article. Yeah, you know. The, the date has changed, but every single time um, Flash mysteriously disappears, Flash presumed dead. Yeah. You know, the, the headline hasn't. No. So no. it's almost as if they've been setting up crisis from the very, very beginning. Yeah. And one has to wonder if the, the, the time shift to move it up earlier was because they realized it would be a good way to get rid of Arrow. Because it was supposed to be 2024, so either, so either they meant to keep Flash running long enough to actually get to 2024, or they were always going to do this time shift. I think it's hard to it's hard to say which, really. I think they're probably always going to do the time shift. I mean, you know, to be honest, um, the the episodes as they air, um, are they actually set? In two thousand, yeah, aren't they? The second present. They are. They are. There's, there's usually a time jump to account for summer hiatuses, but other than that, they play out in more or less real time. Yeah. In whatever the year is. Well, perhaps that's a bit of a mistake that they made. Is playing playing the episodes out in real time. You know, maybe just having them set. You know, a couple of years in the future might have been a better move for them. But um, it might have been. But who who knows? I mean. I mean, I don't, I don't think anyone thought for a moment that uh, Arrow was going to last eight years. This is true, and this is because they and and they and they and they introduced Crisis before they knew there was going to be a Supergirl or a Batwoman mm-hmm. or a Legends. Yeah, well, they, so, they, they did the Crisis on Two Earths thing as well. Yes. So you know, I think it was almost inevitable that they were eventually going to get around to Crisis of, on Infinite Earths. Yeah. yeah. It's just a matter of how well they do it or how badly. But you know, it's looking good. You know, we've yeah. got you know we've got Brandon Ralph returning as Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, we we have a uh, Tom Welling returning as boring Superman. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So, so that that should be BS, man, shouldn't it? <laughs> <be>? BS. <laughs> oh God. Dear me. 
I'm, I'm being, being a proper bad boy tonight. Um, and, you know, and we've even got the, uh, the new guy that, was, uh, that got his ass kicked by Supergirl in the second season. Oh, yes, well. Tyler Hoffman. Bless yeah. his heart. Yeah. It's quite funny, actually, when he, when he sort of, like, uh, donned the cape and, and stuff like that. There was a lot of, a, there was a lot of sort of, like, a squee coming from the fan girls because they, they, they were actually sort of perving over his butt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I just thought that was quite funny, but... Yeah, I've, I've not, so far I've liked the setup in, in Flash. Um, I, <clears> love <throat> the, I love the episode of Arrow. I love the, chance, the fact that we've got to see Moira Queen again and, uh, and, and um, both Tommy Merlin and, uh, and Malcolm Merlin. Um, yeah, and I love the fact that Chase took over as the hood after after uh, Robert Queen tanked on Earth Two and ended up in jail. Because mm-hmm. there was that episode of The Flash where that was revealed to be to have been his fate. He's the one who survived. Yeah. Initially, yeah. So yeah, and um, and bringing in Colin Donnell for one last go round as Tommy was absolutely awesome. I I, I didn't realize how much I missed the character until I got to see him in these various other capacities they found for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought it was a genius move making him the Dark Arrow, Dark Arrow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because fans assumed that was going to be his role from the get-go. They didn't realize that they were going to go, you know, the other direction and have it be Daddy Dearest on them. So, mm-hmm. so it's almost like they've gone, they've gone the opposite way. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, I, I just like the fact that, um, you know, Ollie gets a chance to talk his friend down. Yeah. Yeah. From, from doing something that he he would ultimately regret for the rest of his life. And, he, and the fact that he the fact that Tommy was the one person he could talk down because he couldn't talk down Malcolm per se. No, he couldn't. You know, no. but you know the the also the thing with Malcolm is he, he was older and yes. um, and and um, and, 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 a, and a full blown sociopath. So. Yeah, and um, and you know, I think also because he was older and um, he had that extra song at like twenty or so years of being messed up. But there was he'd gone he'd gone he'd gone too far. He wasn't he yeah. wasn't fixable at that point. He'd, he'd sort of like met himself on on the way round and just walked walked past who who he used to, who who probably used to be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. You know, there's probably no, um, you know, as you say, no going back for him. But I, I love the fact that we got see Mara Queen again. Yeah, um, she was lovely. Uh, Susanna Thompson always delivers, mm-hmm. and um, and it was and it was very well handled. Um, um, Willa Holland will recur as Thea, but I liked the fact that they killed her off for the purposes of that one episode in that universe so that we would get to see what that, what the effect of that would look like on the people left behind. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I just loved it. But I remember when one got to the final sequence, um, got to remember I watched Arrow before I watched Flash. Yeah. But it didn't really, didn't really make much difference in terms of the storylines because I think, no, know, no, it was, it was actually a shock either way. And, and they and I and I tweeted you an article in which they talked about the fact that uh, before they could destroy Earth Two, they had to basically get permission from the Flash writers to do it because they didn't they didn't know whether destroying Earth Two was going to screw up any of their remaining pre-crisis storytelling. So, but they had to actually get permission from from the Flash team, and they're like, "No, no, you can go ahead. We're good." Mm-hmm. You know, and um, 
because the Flash's pre-crisis storytelling seems to be centered on Earth 3 so far. Oh, and let me bring up um, that Harry and his daughter Jesse are not dead. They were not on Earth 2 at the time it was destroyed. Uh, uh, Jesse is the Flash that um, Jay Garrick is training to be his replacement. Mm -hmm. And she and her, her father Harry moved to Earth 3 and had been there. So they're on Earth 3. It's almost, oh, it's almost inevitable what's going to happen, though, isn't it? Yes. I mean, yeah. Jay, Jay Garrett's going to sort of like, uh, take Barry's place and be the one that dies. Um, the other option is that Ollie will take Barry's place by, by becoming the Flash again. Well, Ollie's already, Ollie's already pretty much taken Barry's place. Because uh, if you remember, he made that deal with the Monitor. in the. Uh, that's the whole point. And that, 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 that's that's going to be the outcome of the deal. And that's the whole point, I think. Um, is, yeah. Is, 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 uh, is uh, Barry's, you know, is um, Arrow's going to give his life to save Barry. And that will also, if they're, if they're brave enough to do it, that will also set up the villain of Red Death in um, the post-crisis flash. Because Red Death is an Elseworld combination of a dark Batman and the Flash. Mm -hmm. The Batman forcibly melts with the Flash um, for plot reasons that I'm not going to go into here because it's, it's an Elseworld storyline. But they could adapt it to have a time remnant or fucked up variation of Oliver Queen as the Flash. Mm -hmm. So basically... Be, be, be Red Death. Basing instead of Batman, it'd be Arrow become Red Death. Yeah, that could actually work. They could set that up that way. So, so it'd be swapping green rubber for red rubber. Red rubber. <laughs> yeah. yeah so, and okay. it would it would actually be a very poignant crisis um, coda if Barry then ended up having to deal with what was left of his friend who had gotten kerfuffled in the process into a villain. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm just looking forward to seeing how it all plays out. But I, I, I am too. I, I am was too. Genuinely I, shocked by the uh, by by the uh, by the final few moments of Arrow. And it's all yeah, that was that was it was logical looking at it, but it's like holy shit, they've actually done it. This is actually happening. We're in crisis. Oh my god. Yeah, I mean, I I wasn't expecting us to be in crisis so soon. Yeah, yeah. and I, I just thought, shit. <laughs> yeah, and, but I'm actually I'm actually happy for it because the actual crisis proper, the actual crossover where they're all there, is only five forty-two minute episodes. They're mm -hmm. not going to have time to do everything they need to do unless they have some prep in the in the shows leading up. Yeah. It's going to be jammed otherwise. Yeah, I mean, I'm, 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 you know, I'm looking forward to seeing it. You know, so like, uh, my mouth was on the floor at the end of Arrow, and yeah. when I seen it in 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 the Flash, yeah, you know, I, I wasn't as shocked when I seen it yeah. happening in the Flash, and I thought, okay, well, the the, you know, the Flash kind of set things up last week with the uh, with the monitor telling Barry that you're going to die. Yeah, and it's inevitable. There's no stopping it. You are going to die. <laughs> what he says technically is the Flash will die. Mm -hmm. Not Barry will die, but the Flash will die. I honestly think he's setting up Oliver to be the Flash at that point. Yeah, uh, but you know, Barry being who Barry is, he thinks he means him. Yeah, you know, um, yeah. you know. Keep in mind that I think all of the Jay Garrick Flashes are going to die. Mm -hmm. Jay Garrick will die. Flash ninety, also played by um, John Wesley. John well, all of the all of the all of the elderly Flashes are going to die. But they just are. And I also think we're losing most of the Superman uh, to compensate for the fact that they can't kill off Supergirl. 
Because she's the one with her own show. <laughs> yeah, well, I want to see um, I want to see a really, really boring death scene for Tom Wangen. <laughs> Just make it as boring as possible so it sticks in with his portrayal of Knark and yeah. and everything yeah. else, you know. And I, I'm glad that they're giving Brandon Ralph the Kingdom Comes to Amanda because they owe him. They, they do. owe him. They owe him. I mean, to be honest, uh, if there's any actor out there that's played a Superman that. As 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 um, has been screwed over over and over again. It's Brandon Ralph. Yeah. Um, because I think he did a really good job in the Brian Singer Superman. Mm-hmm. He, he was just really really unfortunate that Brian Singer was looking to. Uh, he was he was he was looking to do Batman versus Superman before anybody was ready for it. Batman versus Superman sucked anyway. Yeah, no, it wasn't wasn't that what I was going on about, no. Um, yeah. I was going on about the fact that Brian Singer was looking to celebrate the uh, Christopher Reeve portrayal. Mm, and his film, yeah. his film was essentially a sequel to the uh, two Christopher Reeve movies. And as such, he, 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 he was almost like he got Brandon Ralph to portray Superman the way Christopher Reeve would have done it. Mm, and yeah. And, and I think under the circumstances, Ralph did a really good job. Yeah, you yeah. know, with with, with the, you know, because it's it's not it's not really um, it's not really good when you when you're asking an actor to sort of like try and imitate another actor's. Yeah, portrayal. when when your whole film's an homage, you're screwed. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can have homage elements. This, I mean, the the CWDCU dines out on homage elements and legacy casting. But if you try to have that be the thing that you build all of the rest of it around, you're screwed. Yeah, I mean, it's like a, it's like coaching who plays Superman now yeah. in, in the thing. The reason his Superman is so good is because he's bringing his own energy to it and his yeah. own take. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's playing a version of the all-star Superman for that universe. And so it's sort of a, a melding of, of approaches. Yeah. And not and he's very good because he's he's figured out how to meld approaches. That's not a minor thing. Not all actors can do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's 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 a it's a real accomplishment. His performance is awesome. You know, but that's um, you know that that's that's it. I mean, it's like with the uh, with performances of Joker in the um, in the Batman films in the Batman yeah. series. You had Cesar Romero who did the uh, sort of like pantomime-ish sort of like vigorous nuisance type joker that was in the 60s series which was good enough for the times yes and then you had jack nicholson who nicholas who took it uh, took it a step stage forward to the psychotic off the wall sociopathic joker yeah they, they they've got to they've got to change with the times and they and they have they have. And then, then a few years later, you had Heath Ledger, who sort of like um, built on... Legend, Jack, legend. Yeah, who built on what Jack Nicholson, Nick, Nicholson, 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 Nicholson did, but did it in such a way that it was his own take. Yes. And yeah. and, and then you have the uh, guy in Suicide Squad who sort of like completely screwed the pooch and should never be work, given work ever again. Oh, I don't think it was quite that bad, but yeah, it was bad. I, I think he was that bad. To be honest, um, you know, um, I, I, I've had theatrical training and and I and, and I've, done, I've done the acting and I've seen I've seen bad actors and I've seen good actors and he's a bad actor mm. and you know I was an okay actor I was never that great or or but I was never that bad either you know what I mean I was so you, happy you, you got through it I got through it <laughs> just <laughs> <laughs> um, and then decided that I 
that it wasn't for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, sort of like, um, but by I think by um, learning the craft and and learning, you know, to you know theatre and and doing all that, it's given me a better appreciation of uh, of the amount of work and preparation that goes into things. Mm, yes. So you know, but um, moving on, um, I'm kind of curious to see what Joaquin Phoenix does with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's that. So, should we move on to something that I'm sure we both want to talk about now, which is Doctor Who and Ravenous? Yes. Oh man, that was spectacular. It was uh, the first episode. The first episode was a bit sort of like a bit of a. It was all right. But yeah. Then the second. Then the next two, which would well technically the next four, but they they kind of did the last one as a two hour. Yeah, back to back thing were awesome. They were, you know, it's all like uh, I, I just loved how they tied everything up, and I loved how they did the callback to the uh, to the better watch out and the salt and and the um, incident and the Christmas and yeah. the Christmas in Salzburg Berg things, and uh, and how that tied in with the uh, with the creation of the ravenous. Yeah, the, I mean. It was it was both a shock in how they looked back and absolutely not a shock. That's that's exactly how the ravenous would have been created, unfortunately. You know, it was also um, it's quite it was quite funny that the ravenous um, in their original incarnation, you know, when they're on the planet with was it Arch, was it Archon or Artron? Artron with yeah. Artron. Uh, yes. they, they were quite innocent creatures that were, yes. that that he was feeding and looking after. Um, but it was it's kind of like once Sartron was taken out of the picture and stuff like that, they they just saw sort of like yeah once yeah once their energy was gone, it was awful yeah. yeah. And I was I was very pleased to find um, and a time lord that went insane in a good way because they they usually go insane in these really awful evil evil ways. But Artron, even after he went mad there toward the end, went went mad in a more constructive way. And he also went mad in such a way that it saved himself. Yes. You know, because oh, like, um, because he granted everyone one wish. Yes. And it was just a matter of time before someone actually twigged and used their one wish in order to sort of like save everyone and yeah. every yeah. everyone back where, where they were meant to be. Yeah. And I I just really like that. I just I just thought it was just a you know, logically it makes sense, but um, also logically you wouldn't actually think about it actually happening. That as, way. As a way. It's like, and, and oh, my God, the, the writers actually thought it through that far ahead. You know, and it's all like, um, and I was shocked that that was the end of Ravenous. I thought it was going to have more Ravenous storylines. I, I didn't yeah. think I didn't think it was going to end after after four episodes. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, they, they tend to do like four or five box sets per arc on these mm-hmm. and then do something else. But yeah, and then, then let's talk about the masters. God oh, love yeah. them. Oh, yeah. I mean, so like, uh, <laughs> you know. every, every last one of them. It's like, oh my God. It's like they got the perfect actors for every incarnation. And here's the thing. The 96 movie will forever remain a dumpster fire. There's just no way around it. But thanks to Big Finish, we now have a way forward with Eric Roberts' master. Mm-hmm. And he was not introduced in Ravenous. He was introduced in a River Song box set. 
And he was introduced in a story that sets out how he came back into things after the 96 movie. We get that, we get that fill in, fill in the blank. And I definitely recommend that anyone who hasn't listened to River Song box set number five, listen to his, um, his episode, because that's the episode where she, the, the box set where she uh, interacts with all the masters. And I know that you're not a River Song fan, but if you don't listen to any of the other box sets, listen to that one. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's hella good. Well, you know, the thing is, I'm just going to have to wait for it to be on sale. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I can't get it for free anymore. So it's, <laughs> gone off the, it's gone off the radar. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, I liked Derek Jacobi's master. I thought that was actually really, really clever, the way he he's, saw that. Yeah, and he's that's his stock and trade. What I love, his Derek Jacobi's master is by far my favourite modern master. Mm-hmm. And... I said this in one of my reviews of one of his box sets in that years ago, um, after his one shot on Doctor Who, the series, the proper TV show, fans were complaining about the fact that he only got one shot at it. And oh, my God, why can't he be back on the show? But after everything that we've listened to with him as the master at Big Finish, I no longer want him on the television incarnation because they wouldn't know how to write for him. Mm. They, they, they basically acknowledge that they've got Derek freaking Jacoby as this character now. And they, they write for him. They put out the best scripts they know how, and then they get out of the man's way. Yep. And they, then they let him be just one of the best actors in the English-speaking world. I mean, because they, it's not an, not an exaggeration to call him that. They did exactly the same with the John Hurt War, War Doctor yes. as well. Yes, And by the way, there's another Warmaster thing coming out. I think it's yes. this month. Yes, I'll be next. reviewing that. Yeah. So, so. Um, I, I've actually just recently caught up on the uh, Bernie Summerfield Memories thing. Yes. So I've listened to all that and quite enjoyed that. I've also listened to the Space 1999 one. Wasn't that excellent? I they thought... basically they, re- they reworked the pilot, and the way it's going to work is once they start doing box sets proper, they're going to have one episode that's based on an existing episode, and the rest will be original stories. I thought it was really, really good, but what what troubles me still is the fact that they're doing Space nineteen ninety nine. You know, you wanted you wanted twenty ninety nine instead of a retro future. Yeah, yeah. because it's all like um, you know, if they'd done this in the early nineties, I would have been on board with it. But now we're in two thousand nineteen. Yeah, and it just saw like I don't know. I mean, I'm still I'm probably still gonna follow it and and listen to it, but. Um, it'd be more like listening to it from from point of view of a, a historical drama contest. And yeah, it's, it's you, you you have to like retro futures. I happen to like retro futures, so I don't mind. But I get where you're coming from. I mean, you know, to be to be honest, I've actually seen Space nineteen ninety nine the entire run of the first two seasons. Oh, um, okay. You know, I grew up with them. They 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 were actually current when I was uh, when I was six and seven years old. Mm, so I've okay. seen every episode several times. <laughs> um, I've only I've only ever watched the pilot. I, I tried to I tried to buy the whole series, but it was expensive. way too expensive. It's way too expensive, and. Um, and that's what you know. It's 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 uh, released through a company here on DVD, uh, through a company here in the UK called Network DVD, mm. and they are really really expensive. They they actually charge way and above what most people are charging for box sets. As in, they're more expensive than the Doctor Who box sets for Christ's sake. Yeah. And the Doctor Who box sets are current. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, I, I I did enjoy it, but it's sort of like I'm just having trouble with the uh, with the retro future aspect. So I, you know, I, I'm going to follow it, but I think it's probably one that's best left for you to review because for you, you're kind of experiencing Space Ninety Nine for the first time through this retro future. Yeah. So yeah. I think you you probably you 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 know it's actually more made more for, more for people like you. Yeah, and I can and I can afford to buy individual episodes, even if I can't afford to buy whole seasons. Mm-hmm. So I can I can keep up with it that way. So. Well, yeah, um, but going back to Ravenous a little bit, one thing that the uh, that the masters did illustrate, um, especially when it comes to Missy, is when it comes to Missy, it illustrates how piss poor weak Jodie Whittaker's doctor is when you yeah. put a next to Missy. Yeah, you know. The you know the doctor should be basically Missy or on your Same. end or saying er <laughs> or, or ever so slightly saying er yes Where, whereas um, Jodie Whittaker's doctor it's more like a child's pantomime she is but I kind of get the impression that's what they told her to play mm. I I do as well and it's just not working it's not it's not working but you know the the, the, the Missy character just illustrated everything that is wrong with the with the TV incarnation of Doctor Who at the moment. Yes, because the Missy character just in and of herself is an improved version of herself through Big Finish. This is a better version of Missy than we got on the show. Yeah, but even the version on the show was yeah. better than the current version of Doctor. Yeah, you know. Um, but, you know, it just illustrated where, where the TV series is so weak. But then again, Big Finish does that every single thing they release. They do. Yeah. And and we've talked about this before, but they are... BBC is seeding more and more of the modern Doctor Who elements to Big Finish. Mm-hmm. And to, even to the point where we're getting short trips that are 12th Doctor stories. Yeah. And, you and, we're, gonna, and, we're, and we're going to be getting a 12th Doctor box set. Uh, narrated and performed by a an impressionist who can do a really kick-ass Twelfth Doctor, which yeah, I'm gonna which I'm gonna listen to. But because uh, um, Capaldi has said he's not averse to going back in for Big Finish, but he wants to put a few more years between him and the role first. It's a little too soon. Yeah, I think Capaldi will do it as well. You know, yeah. he will stick to his word on that one because he's he's such a fan of Doctor Who. That no, he'll he'll be he'll be back, but he he needs just he needs to take a breath. And I totally get that. And in the interim, this this um, Dudman guy is uh, is more than capable of filling in the gaps. Mm. So I mean, it ticks me off that Christopher Eccleston hasn't hasn't done anything with Big Finish because I think you know Big Finish. He, he said he had a problem with the culture of how it was run on BBC. Big Finish solves that problem by being Big Finish. Everyone who works for Big Finish raves about Big Finish. They love Big Finish, just as, just as a culture as much as the content itself. Because I'd love to see Eccleston come back and do 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 do, do it for Big Finish. I'd love to see him do yeah, it. That that's true. By the same token, the upside of Eccleston flailing and not being happy is that we got the war doctor played by Sir John Hurt because everybody is, and his uncle knows that the war doctor was going to be the ninth doctor, but Eccleston wouldn't play ball. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we got the war doctor. Mm-hmm. So thank you very much for that at least. Okay. Well, um, while we're on big finish, then we discussed ravenous and praise that through, 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 through to the heavens and back. Um, you've recently reviewed the second box set of the Panostagang. How was that? Oh my God! Case in point, 
Um, the Paternoster Gang was um, created specifically by Stephen Moffat. He's credited as the creator and the um, and the production credits for the box set. His writing for them was solid, but the writing for them through Big Finish is next freaking level. Um, if you have not listened to either of these box sets, you need to. Um, it's it's like peanut butter, chocolate, and more chocolate. Well. Before before I do ask you a quick a quick question, do I need to listen to the first box set in order to get anything from the second, or can I just jump in? Uh, you can you can you can listen to the second without listening to the first, but I would definitely backtrack just because the performance is rock. Mm. I'll just listen to the second one then. <laughs> okay. Um, um, the one thing I will say with the Paternoster Gang, let me let me get it up here. Um, the one story, there's this one story called The Screaming Ceiling by Guy Adams. It's basically a send-up of, um, of a, a set of stories uh, by, called Karnacki the Ghost Finder uh, by Hodgson. And, they, and you've got those stories narrated um, by Dan Starkey, if you want to hear them in the classics section. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're basically, it's a send-up of a um, period ghost stories from, from around 1910, 1911. And all of the tropes are mercilessly torn apart and reassembled for science fantasy. Cool. And, uh, and it's quite wonderful. So that there is context for that one that you'll that you'll miss if you're not aware of those previous stories. And if you read my review, um, I've got the I reference the the original author and and where you can find that that prior box set. Yeah, I'm going to have to uh, teach how to embed links, am I? At some point. Yeah, I yeah. Yeah. Um, By the same token, I, I was actually glad that I didn't know how to embed a link for that one because I didn't want to draw attention away from the main link for the set itself. I didn't want you know, to, to have to reference two different box sets in order to get it well, dealt with. So. The, the, the whole reason I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about that is, uh, you know, when you reference another box set that you've reviewed, um, yeah. if, you, if you know how to embed links, you'd, you'd, know, you'd be able to link back to it. That's true. And that's get a few extra views on your old review. So That's true. You know, that's, um, so that's why I was thinking about it. Um, that's true. But... It, it's easy enough to do. I can I can just sort of like uh, do do you a quick uh, PDF instruction guide on how to do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, at some point, but um, moving on, you know, sort of like uh, Paternoster guy gang is good. We've got next month for for big finish. We have a look at what's coming up uh, very quickly. I'm going to bring up their website right now. Yes. Um, so I think we, you know, what might be an idea is if we start previewing stuff that they're doing that they have coming up and for the month of uh, November um, I'm having a look at what's new here next month they have got two Warzone conversion which is a Peter Davison and Sarah Sutton two parts you know two part stories that's, that's the, the conclusion of the trilogy that I've been reviewing because I got sucked into a trilogy because what they, what they did was uh, for, for the fifth doctor they crossed him over with Cicero and I've been reviewing Cicero because I love the classics stuff I, I sort of adopted the classic stuff and the and some of the originals and so I, I reviewed Cicero and it turns out at the end of that they, re, they, inter, they introduced a new companion to the fifth doctor a big finish original companion who was a former slave of cicero's that we meet in the course of that first episode who becomes a full-fledged companion going forward mm-hmm. 
and uh, he's, he's rather wonderful. His name is Mark. He's, uh, he's an ancient Roman, and he is basically a more worldly, a more worldly version of Katerina from the First Doctor's era. Awesome. We've got, uh, we've got The Prisoner Volume 3 coming out. Um, I've not really listened to any of The Prisoner ones, so I couldn't really comment. No, I, I haven't either. The Prisoner is just not my cuppa. Um, the Torchwood, Dead Man Switch, the Torchwood, Torchwood ones are always good, the, the quality. In fact, I think that audio is Torchwood's format because audio has solved a lot of the, the unevenness that you had in the TV iteration. Mm-hmm. Because the problem with the TV iteration is when is when they were on, they were really on, but when they were off, it's like they fell off a cliff. Whereas with the with the audios, you get a more a more even handed, a more thorough understanding of, of what these stories are and, and why they are and, and what's going on here. And after that, we have got two short trips, Hall of the Ten Thousand, um, and it says here for the storyline, the Ten Thousand represent everything the Doctor admires. Ingenuity, creativity, and triumph of peace over war. So naturally, he's taken he's taken Charlie to see them. However, mm-hmm. their arrival isn't isn't quite the gallery visit they expected. That should be good. Also, speaking of Katarina, um, the first Doctor stories for this for next month is called Daughter of the Gods, and it's a crossover with the second Doctor, in which the first Doctor and the second Doctor confront what happened to Katarina because something has happened with time and Katarina is traveling with the seventh, with the second doctor as a companion. Cool. Um, yeah. And after that, we have Blake seven restoration part two. There's no story details available for that, but this is kind of sad news really because um, in recent months we've lost Paul Darrow. Yes, so we have. This Blake yeah. seven restoration part two is probably one of the last things he's done with Big Finish. I guess they pre-recorded other stuff that isn't coming out yet. They do enough of a backlog that there's probably other stuff they would mm. announce at the point they reached his final one, and they—I don't think they've done that. So, mm. I mean, I, I've listened to a few of the uh, Blake seven ones and a Big Finish, but I've not really followed through on 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 on, on since. Um, and to be honest, uh, coming in, in into the second part of uh, something is probably not a good move for me. But you know, no, no. they they are good, and I recommend them to any any fan of Blake Seven, you know, to to give them a go because they yeah. are really good stories and they're well done. Um, so, but the the sad part is uh, we no longer have Jacqueline Pierce, and now we yeah, we've have, lost Jacqueline Pierce. We've lost uh, Paul Darrow. And we also lost the uh, we also lost Gareth Thomas a couple of years back. He played Blake. You know, so it's a uh, it, it's it's going to be getting to a part where they're going to have to start recasting or or just rebooting Blake Seven in in audio. <laughs> Yeah. Also, the second Doctor story for next month is going to include James Dreyfus as the Master. They they went ahead and retroactively introduced the first Master to go along with the first and second Doctor. Yeah, you've kind of jumped ahead on me there. Oh, okay. Um, because I was going to go to Doctor Who Nightmare Nightmare Country, which is um, a fifth Doctor story with Jeanette Fielding. Um, The Doctor wakes up on a planet of relics, a dead world, a hostile world. He has no memory of who he is or how he got to to be here. Mm. He'd better remember soon because the very structure of reality is at risk. Oh, dear. Um, So that's um, Peter Davison one. And there's um, also a Sips Doctor one with Colin Baker and Nick Bryant. Um, 
and um, that's called The Ultimate Evil, uh, the Doctor and Perry decide to take holiday. But the land where they emerge is far from peaceful. A hate ray is regularly sweeping uh, tran- tranqu- Tranquila, Tranquil. I think, yeah. uh, turning its inhabitants into savage beasts. But just who is responsible? That sounds like a, a cross between, you know, uh, Dr. Maru's Island. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that could be it. And now we're getting on to Doctor Who the Home Guard, which is second Doctor Adventure coming out. We've actually got two early adventures coming out next month, which means I'm going to be very busy. <laughs> I love uh, those. They, they're doing just wonderful work with the early adventures. Yeah, there's, there's some that, you know, some of the historicals can drag a little bit down. Um, yeah, but that, that's okay because pacing wise, the original historicals in the first and second Doctor dragged a little bit. I mean, I. I um, the the downside of recreating the early adventures is you get some of the some of the the rough the rough spots too, and the pacing of them did drag a little bit. Mm. So we've got Dot Who the Home Guard, which stars uh, Fraser Hines as Jamie McCrimmon and the Second Doctor, mm-hmm. and, um, and Annika Wingis. I think she plays um, um, Poggy. Yes, Annika Will. Sorry. Um, and basically, the storyline, it's the middle of the Second World War, and Ben Jackson has returned to visit his married friends, Polly and Jamie, in their quiet English village. But they can't quite shake the feeling that something's not right. Well, of course it is. Oh, one of these. It's, okay. it's one of those clever ones where two of the characters have gotten married and they've never heard of Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's going to be interesting to see that play out. And the um, the second Amy Adventures story is uh, it looks like it's going to be um, both the first and second Doctor. Yes, um, Daughter of the Gods and Katarina. So we'll get we'll get some we'll get some. Um, and the story some... the story for this one is when Zoe reattaches an old component to the TARDIS, she, Jamie, and the Doctor are lucky to avoid a collision, but they find themselves in greater peril. When they encounter another doctor, a space pilot named Stephen, and a young woman called Katarina. Oh wow, that's going to be great. Yeah, that 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 to me sounds like it's probably going to be the the, the best of the two. But I'm it, you know that said, I'm going to listen to both of them. Yes, yes. And uh, finally, we have Blake Seven Outlaw, which is an audio book. Yes. So, and that, the storyline for that is uh, what led Commander Travis to become an outlaw from the Federation and eventually betray the entire galaxy to an alien invasion fleet. Follow his deadly journey to a final realization of what the Federation really stands for. Da, da, da! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I love reading these synopses, you know, sort of like. Um, you know, you know. All I need need to do is put an old reverb on my mic on, on my microphone. And put, <laughs> it came from another world. <laughs> yeah, sorry, um, but yeah. So we got quite a lot of good things coming next month from Big Finish there. Yes, uh, yes. You know, I'm sure you're going to enjoy the uh, conclusion to the uh, to the Peter Davison one, and obviously yes. Torchwood. Um, and I'm I'm really hoping that they don't. Um, the foreshadowing at the end of the episode where they introduce Mark uh, was not happy foreshadowing. I hope that uh, Mark doesn't go the same way as Katarina. I'm hoping that they you know, find a way out for him. But uh, however it plays out, it'll, it'll be it'll be interesting. 
What if Mark becomes Katarina and and comes to the conclusion that he was really a woman all along? Okay. You know, okay. can you see that happening in it, or do you, do you not think that the relationship no, is ready no, for I don't see that. <laughs> um, but you know, it would make a good story in about so sort of like twenty years time when people are past all this phobia yes. stuff. Um, but moving on, we've got um, we said that we talk about a few of the series that are coming up. Um, yes. So I'm going to kick this off with, um, this actually comes out Monday. Uh, we're actually recording this episode now. It's actually Friday the 18th of October. So by the time this episode actually is ready and it airs, um, this one have already aired on HBO. Uh. And uh, the show that I'm talking about is uh, Watchmen, which is uh, basically a continuation from where the film left off, but it's set 20 years after. Mm. I've been confused. Is it, a, is it an ongoing or a, a limited? Because if it's a limited, I might actually watch it. If it's ongoing, I don't care. I'm not going to stick around in that universe for an ongoing series. I'm not sure, but then again, it might end up being unlimited by virtue of the fact that, you know, if it's no good, it'll get cancelled. Mm, true, true. So, so I don't, I don't, I don't mind, I don't mind a limited. I could do a limited set in that universe, but I couldn't, I couldn't keep going because the original Watchmen was quite heavy in and of itself, and you know, I, I don't want to wallow. Yeah, I mean, so. I'm, I'm going to watch it and give it a try. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it can't hurt to sort of give it a try and see what it's like. And I'm, I'm obviously going to be posting a review on um, at some time on Monday, um, you know, after it's aired. Uh, yeah, well, I think I think I may wait for it to come out on iTunes just so I can binge it because I don't think mm-hmm. cause watching it week to week I don't think appeals to me. So I'll see. So you know I'm you know I'm talking like um, I'm a bit like you and Watchmen. I found the movie hard going. Um, I also found the comic hard going. Yeah, yeah. Re- reading the comic, uh, it's it's worth reading once, and there's there is a lot of good stuff in there, but it's not. It's not a universe you want to wallow in. It's not somewhere you want to live. Yeah. So it's going gonna... to... Be, be, be interesting to see how it plays out um, as a continuation on the, um, on the film, given, given yeah. how the film ended. And I am curious about Jeremy Irons. The scuttlebutt is that he's playing an aging Ozymandias, and if that's the case, that's worth seeing just for his performance. Mm-hmm. Um, so that will be interesting, if nothing else. And, and also, it's Jeremy Irons. It's Jeremy Irons. It's Jeremy fucking Irons. Irons. <laughs> yes. You know, you know, so like, um, I, I wish I could have some Jeremy fucking Irons. You know, <laughs> I'll never have creases in my clothes ever again. <laughs> you know, so um, I'm, I'm looking forward to that because uh, Jeremy Irons, he just rocks. <laughs> he does. He does. Yeah. Whatever he's in, he elevates it. You know, he he's another actor that should play the master. Oh God, you know, yes. He, he'd be he'd actually be awesome as a doctor as well. He would. He would be really cool. You know. Um, but considering that they didn't know, they considering that they didn't know what quite quite what to do with Capaldi, they probably aren't going to know what to do with Irons. So I wouldn't hold my breath. Yep. Um, so this Watchmen, and uh, coming up in about um, twenty-four days' time, we have the first Disney Plus Star Wars show coming out, uh, which is The Mandalorian. Yes, that should be interesting. I'll definitely check it out. I don't know if it's a keeper, but I'm definitely checking it out. I've got a feeling it's going to be a keeper. Um, I've actually, um, I can't remember it all now, but I, um, I actually read into the history of the Mandalorians. Uh, 
And obviously, we got a little bit of history in Star Wars Rebels. Mm. Um, I don't know if you followed Star Wars Rebels or not. No, I, I didn't. I didn't watch it. I didn't have time. I mean, my biggest biggest problem is there's so much entertainment now, and there are literally only so many hours in the day. That, that, that's my problem as well. <laughs> and just something's got to give. Something's got to give. I can't. I can't keep up with all of this. Even even allowing for time shifting and all the other stuff, it's just it's impossible. You know, it's, I kind of wish it was the eighties again, where we only where we were lucky if we got maybe one or two three shows. shows we had three shows, you know? and those were the shows because you, you had more to you had more time to watching focus on other things. <laughs> yeah. Um. But I'm quite looking forward to the Mandalorian based on, on like some some of the storylines that I've read um, from 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 sort of like um, you know I've read about the, the history of the Mandalorian race and they've had a really weird weird history where yeah. at some stages they've been in bed with the Empire and then at other stages they 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 they've been against the Empire yeah. and, and 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 this and that so they've had a really interesting topsy to the history and I'm just. I'd just be interested to see how that plays out in the Mandalorian and how to do it and what aspects that they're going to use. Um, I'm hoping that if they do, if, if, if it's actually set after Rebels, I'm hoping if it is set after Rebels, we might see some some offshoots from some of the events that happened in Rebel, Rebels. Yeah, yeah. You know, cause that, that, that'd be really cool. But they're also doing a show on, on, the, on, on, on Andor. Ah! Uh, not not Endor, but Andor. Andor, Andor. Okay. Uh, Cassie and Andor. They're going to okay. be doing, they're going to be doing a show based on the adventures of Cassie and Andor, which will be a prequel to uh, Star Wars Rogue One. Okay, cool. So they're doing, they're doing that show, and they're also going to be doing an Obi Wan show, which is basically based on the time that Obi Wan spent in exile on Tatooine. That'll, that'll work. That'll work. And they're bringing they're bringing you McGregor back. That will very much work. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's not all gone. It's not all gone, and we've got we've got other shows coming up on DC. Um, I don't know when it's going to be out. We've got Star coming out. Yes, uh, and um, and may I mention, just for those of us who are Super Pets fans, um, Crypto is not the only Super Pet. They they introduced Crypto in um, in uh, oh I blanked but went along with Superboy Titans. And, uh, Titans 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 yeah I don't I don't watch Titans but I do I have kept track of the fact that they introduced Crypto and I've caught him on YouTube and they will be bringing in Hootie the Owl uh, Doctor Midnight's super pet on Stargirl. Well, in um, in the episode you're on about in terms of Crypto, it aired last week. It was called Connor and it was basically kind of like the origin story of Superboy. Um, and I remember you reading in your um, in your review. You were to go back to go back to early to go back to early uh, commentary and uh, and stuff. Um, they they um, you were bringing bringing up the fact that it was refreshing to see uh, Connor as opposed to the Superman story the mythos one more time because the Super Superboy is lesser known. Yeah, so it's also. Um... Because it's not Superboy in the sense of of, uh, of Clark Kent. It's Superboy in the sense of the um, of the clone that was made um, up of Lex yes. Luthor's DNA and and uh, the, the the DNA of uh, of um, Superman. So um, and and to be honest, Superboy in in Titans in Teen Titans is kind of messed up. Mm-hmm. He's kind of forever in conflict between 
um, the Clark Kent side of his uh, person and and the Lex Luthor side of his person. So, oh, okay. So, so um, it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out um, as as Superboy becomes more you know more a part of Titans, which hopefully he does. Uh. Um, I mean, I actually thought Jason Todd was dead <laughs> for a while. And then I thought, when, when, as soon as I seen the next episode with Superboy, I thought, oh, Superboy's just going to fly in and save him. <laughs> but um, Titans is getting really good now. I mean, the, the trouble was, the reason he was effing and jeffing uh-huh. in the first season was because he was dealing with a lot of dark shit. And uh, the, the, the first season of Titans was very, very dark shit. In that uh-huh. he was dealing with, with Raven coming to terms with her powers and coming to terms with the fact that she's sort of like the daughter of a demon sort of thing. So it, 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 was, all, it, it was all very, very dark stuff. And it was basically uh, telling the story of how the Titans come together uh-huh. sort of thing. And um, to be honest, you could probably easily skip over season one entirely and just start with season two. Because cool. um, season two so far has been, I think it's been been a bit better. The tolling it's been a little bit lighter. You know, it's been a little yeah. bit more fun. And the next episode that's uh, that that's airing that we'll be reviewing is a uh, titled um, Bruce Wayne. Oh, cool! So it's probably going to be um, a bit of a Batman sort of thing. But there's other series that you're looking forward to. Um, you're looking forward to Loki, aren't you? Yes, that was not going to be. A, I'm looking forward to Loki, and I'm looking forward to WandaVision because, apart from being awesome in itself, it's also going to feed directly into uh, the next Doctor Strange movie because Wanda is going to be in the next Doctor Strange movie. Yeah, and so the, the events of that series are going to feed right into that movie. The trouble so. is, I don't think them two series are going to start airing till next year. They're going to be next year. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, I'm not sure how how Disney is doing it. Um, um, they, they've already launched, haven't they, Disney Plus? Um, they're going to launch on officially on November twelfth. Although I think there's, I think they're beta testing for those who signed up for that. So, well, I'm not sure how they're doing it. If they're just going to have a lot of uh, a lot of the movies and TV shows and stuff like that, but they're, they're actually making a few movies exclusively for it. Yeah, they're they're doing a live a live action uh, Lady and the Tramp, which I really want to see because they've got uh, they they're featuring the the Photo real animation is based on real dogs mm-hmm. who, who are put up for adoption and get homes afterwards. So I want to wow. see that. And um, Disney, I'm more actually, I'm more excited about the Disney side of the catalog because Disney is going to be offering almost their entire back catalog, which will include some really live, some really awesome live action films that um, I w- wouldn't mind doing as retro reviews if, if they've got them. Yeah, I mean, so. I, I, I could go for that. I mean, we've got things like Blackbeard's Ghost. Yeah. Which is Pete Houston off. Um, the, the, um, and the, and the Black Hole with Maximilian Schell and uh, the, um, the Watcher in the Woods with Bette Davis that she did around the same time as, uh, as uh, Journey to Witch Mountain. Now, there's, there's some really awesome live-action uh, uh, films from your that fall in the genre category that will make some cool retro reviews mm. if they all, if they have them all. I, I should imagine so, they will do. I mean, you know, the, the, the you know Kurt Russell did quite a lot of the Disney films before he before he became a big star. 
Yes, you know, he did. Um, mint or like um, so, and and some of those were kind kind of had little genre touches to them as well. Yes, uh, yeah. Because like yourself, I, I grew up watching them on TV. I adored them, adored them, and I haven't seen a lot of them for years. Mm. So apart from apart from getting content for the site, it's just going to be nice to watch a lot of them. Yeah. And. Uh, but it's um, you know, it's, it's stuff like that. You know, there's there's all sorts of stuff that's coming up. Um, but you know, I think short term, Watchmen and Mandalorian are two things that I'm looking forward to. We also have Joss Whedon show coming. I'm not sure whether that's going to be this year or next, but we have the Nevers. Yeah, I think that that's probably going to be next because I think they're still making casting announcements, and I think they're just about to start filming. Mm. So I think it's probably going to be next. And there's also they're... there's also the sequel to Penny Dreadful, which is probably going to be next year as well. Yes, that I'm actually looking forward to. It looks interesting. It's going to be a period piece like the original was, but it's going to be set in, in 1930. Uh, sort of sort of noir LA, 30s or 40s LA, mm. and it's going to be used. That'll be fun. That'll be fun. Yeah. So, um, you know, on that note, um, Pen- Penny Dreadful, the sequel, we're, we're going to sign off now um, for this week. It's been great, great being back, and hopefully we'll be, be doing at least one show a month from now on in. <laughs> yes, hopefully. Sometimes more, if I can manage it. Um, yeah, it's just uh, the reason we've not done that many um, of me is because my schedule has been completely nuts. Yeah, you know, as in in a good in a good way. You've made some life changes. Made some life changes in in a really really good way. I'm actually a uh, matching a rhythm guitarist of a rock and roll band now. Yeah, which is kind of been a lifelong dream of mine. I mean, sure, we're not going to be famous and rich and rolling in money and stuff like that. But, but you're having fun. But I'm having fun. I just get a kick out of playing guitar in front of a load of people. <laughs> you know, whether it yeah. be, be at festivals. I mean, over the summer we played two festivals. There weren't big festivals or just sort of like small festivals. One of them was more like a garden party. Mm. But at this garden party thing, you know, where, where we played, we, we actually had a few people up dancing. Oh, cool. And we're playing Johnny Be Good. Oh, that's excellent. <laughs> and, and we had a couple of people get up dancing and uh, a couple of them were really old ladies. And I thought, oh, my God, stop it, dear. You're going to hurt yourself. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> She just threw a stick to the side and started dancing. I thought, cool. <laughs> you know, and um, you get such a kick out of that. You know, if, you, if, you're, if you're a musician or you're performing in any way and you're singing or you're playing, playing guitar or something like that, the, the, the best feeling ever is when you get people up dancing, you know? Yeah, just, yeah. You know, it's kind of like, you know, you, 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 you created... That, that environment, you know, to make people feel safe enough to want to do that. It's just yeah. really cool. It's a really nice feeling. So I've been doing that and I've been doing, I've been, I've been working quite a lot as well. So um, I'm just about managing to keep the site going as well. So it's, it's, it's all Time good. management. Time management. It, it, it is. It's time management. It's, um, it's an absolute nightmare. But I'm going to try and put one out a month um, if yeah. I can from now on. And yeah. we'll, and I think you know if if you're happy to do it, Risa, we can we can have a section where we discuss the big finish and um, maybe preview what's coming up in next month as well. Yeah, so, that'll work. Because that'll work. I, I do think that more people need to listen to Big Finish, especially if they're people that are disappointed in the TV show. Because Big Finish is basically 
everything that everything that's good about the TV show, but more. Absolutely. So they, 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 they figured it out because, because they have time to figure it out. The big, the big finish stuff is long form. Mm-hmm. So they can actually just tell the story. It's not rushed. And you know what's nice about the big, big finish thing as well? Um, is, I can't remember his surname, but he, he, um, he, he had a... He's actually writing for the early adventures stories now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a couple of years ago, he was our contact for um, getting new episodes. Oh, yeah, it's called, cool. It's called Ian, and he's now he's oh, now that's right. he's now actually producing and and writing for them. Oh, that's whereas, wonderful. Whereas about two three years ago, he was actually mm-hmm. basically uh, in their marketing department. <laughs> mm-hmm. But he's a really nice guy, and uh, I'm gonna have to look up his surname and see if can see if we can get him on the show one day. But you know. Big, big Finish is a, is a wonderful company. They, they've got a great company culture. The people there are having fun. The writers are awesome. They've got some really big actors. I mean, some really big actors. They've got, they had, up until his death, they had Sir John Hurt reprising the War Doctor. We mentioned they had, um, they have uh, Sir Derek Jacobi as the War Master. Both of them crush it and crushed it. Um, They've they've got uh, Gemma Redgrave as the Brigadier's daughter, Kate. She's an actual Redgrave from the Redgrave family, mm-hmm. uh, who who wanted a spinoff with the, playing the Brigadier's daughter, and BBC wouldn't give her one, and she got it through Big Finish. And the the stuff that she's doing um, through, uh, in the unit box sets is spectacular. It is it's awesome. And think about it a bit more. You know, she's when she started doing the unit box sets. She was also a, a series regular in Holby City. Ooh, so she was doing. Cool. She was doing. You know, they killed her off now in Holby City um, because yeah. she was never going to be around for that for more than a year because you yeah, know, she's such yeah. an in demand, demand actor. Yeah, well, but, that's what happens when you've got an actual card carrying Redgrave on your in your projects. Um, but she. She is owning it as the brigadier's daughter, and also Osgood's in it. Really wonderful. The, the lady that plays Osgood has reprised the role as Osgood. Oh yes, it? yeah. They, 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 that, that whole team that they've put together is just wonderful. And um, and 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 the, and the war master has appeared in some of the unit stuff because Derek Jacobi is having so much fun playing the master. Because he's a card-carrying fan and has been for some years, um, he's having so much fun in the role that he happily agreed to do guest appearances in other people's box sets apart from his ones. Which is how we got him in the River Song one. Which is how we got him in Ravenous. He's just he, he's milking it. He's a happy, happy man because he's he's reached the uh, no fracks given portion of his career, mm-hmm. and he is just having fun, leaving it all out there. And go into town. Indeed, yeah. is. I mean, and also uh, the nice thing about Big Finish is they always do something for Christmas and Halloween as well. Yes, in fact, the um, the stories that played into the subplot of Ravenous that we talked about, the um, the Salzburg one and, and um, the one with the with the genie, and um, were the were were the holiday outings. Oh, they were last year's year. holidays outings, and funnily enough, they actually came out this time last year as well. Yes, um, yes. And, you know, I'm, I've got those on, you know, I've still got those. And I'm going to re-listen to those in, in a couple of weeks' time as part of my build-up to Christmas because 
they, well, they, they weren't really one of standalone stories. They do. And um, I've got some big Finnish holiday ones that I, I pull out every couple of years as well. Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to end up doing... But I think, on, so, I think on this note, we're going to have to bring this show to an end and um, hopefully we'll be back again next month uh, talking about more things that are coming out. And um, I'll even give you my thoughts on Joker by that, that time ah, as cool. well, if I can cool. remember. So cool. that's it for now. Uh, thanks for listening and we'll be back at you next month. Bye. <laughs>